Power and Paradox by the Kinky Pet. Chapter 41. Summary. Christmas, Part 1. Notes. Originally, I planned to make Christmas one big long chapter, but it was starting to get too unwieldy, so I decided to break it down. Here's Part 1. As Tony stepped onto the common room floor that evening, he could hear Natasha saying, I thought you were pulling my leg. Nope, Clint answered. He actually got a tree, and a really awesome tree, too. It must be for Steve, Natasha said consideringly. A little embarrassed, Tony announced his presence by cutting in. It's for everybody! Well, good, Clint said. Uh, cause I maybe really like Christmas trees. Maybe. Are we gonna decorate it? Sure are. Sweet! I wanna put the star on the top! I called it! I'm putting the star on the top! Natasha looked at him suspiciously. You're going to put it on top with your hands, right? Standing on a ladder like a normal person? Clint froze. Uh, yes? Good she said sternly. I thought so. Tony couldn't quite stifle a laugh. Then again, he hadn't been trying that hard. This was gonna be fun. Hey, Tony, Steve called from the doorway to the workshop. Knock, knock. Tony checked frantically that the Norton Dominator was fully concealed before calling. Come in. Natasha Clint and I are going shopping for Christmas tree decorations, and what's wrong with the ones I ordered? Tony cut in, frowning. Nothing! The red and gold glass is really beautiful, but, well, we thought it might be nice to pick out a few extra ourselves for variety. It'll be fun. Want to come too? Tony paused. Uh, no. No, I'm good. Oh, okay. Steve sounded disappointed. Any special requests? For Christmas tree decorations? Tony let out a scoffing little laugh. Nope, not really my area. I'm sure whatever you pick out will be fine. All right. Mold wine at eight still, right? Yep, unless Bruce changes his mind, which seems unlikely. I wasn't expecting him to be so excited about it, but he seemed pretty pleased. I'm glad, Steve said with a smile. I'll see you soon. Yep, later. Steve took his leave. Tony shook his head. They were going to decorate a Christmas tree soon, and drink mulled wine, and the team would probably want to play Christmas music. What had he gotten himself into? Tony turned back to the training robot he'd been working on, this one a crisp Stormtrooper White. Okay, Jarvis, I think it's ready. Animate arm, full rotation exercise. As he watched the robot rotate and pivot its arms in smooth, precise sequence, a woman's voice, a sweet, soft soprano, flitted through his mind. Tuscendi dalla stelle, ore del cielo, e viene in una grata, Alfredo el gelo. Tony swallowed. Okay, uh, give me the left leg, then the right. Jarvis obliged. The robot's left leg jerked and shuddered. Tony frowned and tipped it over on the workbench. Don't worry, he muttered. We'll fix you up. O bambino mio divino, lo ti vedo chi è tremar, o dio beato, ahi quanto ti costo, la verme amato. Looked like one of the inner circuits was shorting, or the K873 was rubbing its femur. Carefully and methodically, Tony started unscrewing the paneling to get a better look. A te c'è sai del mondo, il creatore, mancano pani e fuoco. O mio signore. Tony frowned and set his screwdriver aside, then picked it up, then set it down. Hey, Jarvis? Tony called hesitantly. Suh? There was a box of Christmas tree ornaments, a special box at the manor. Did, uh, did we move it to the tower? Yes, sir, Jarvis answered, volume dropping to 60%. It's currently on level B5 in storage crate 3, box 7. Okay. Would you like me to call up the map and directions? No, no, I was just wondering. 
When Tony arrived on the common floor, Bruce was peering into a steaming pot while Nat King Cole soulfully wished everyone a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. There you are, Bruce said with a smile. I was half afraid I'd have to come get you from the workshop. Bruce cast a glance over the large table where Natasha and Clint were helping Steve wrap presents, bickering playfully about their relative gift wrapping skills. Bruce lowered his voice and added, I think Steve was starting to worry you'd changed your mind about the Christmas stuff. I'm not that late, am I? Tony asked, vaguely alarmed. Steve looked up and smiled brightly. Tony! Hey, Cap, he said. Sorry I'm late. Steve shrugged. You're fine. We're not on a deadline or anything. Here, come see what Nat and I got at the Christmas market. And what I got at Dollarama, Clint added. Tacky crap, Natasha muttered. Everybody should get to pick out some ornaments for the tree, Steve said, with a tone of a man repeating himself. Or a patient dad. Natasha rolled her eyes, and Tony laughed at the cheap plastic Avengers Clint had gotten. Nat got this beautiful star for the top of the tree, Steve said. Which I'm putting on, Clint cut in. And I got these, Steve said, showing Tony a lovely set of hand-painted ceramic birds. A peacock, a wren, a chickadee, and a bluebird. No bald eagle? Tony teased. Steve laughed and shook his head. No, but I did get this, he said, fumbling around in his bag. Uh, I thought you might like it. Steve handed over a wooden Starship Enterprise. Tony grinned. I am definitely hanging this one myself. Speaking of, Clint said, can we get started? Let's get started. I want to put Minnie me in the tree. You have no taste, Natasha told Clint, rolling her eyes again. Steve, you're an artist. Why won't you back me up? You know why. Besides, I think the mini vendors are kind of cute. To be fair, Tony said, that tree is so big, five little vendors will hardly stand out. It'll be like, where's Waldo in there? Mold wine is ready, Bruce called, and they assembled eagerly, except Clint, who had already dashed over to the tree. Appropriately, O'Tannenbaum came on as the rest of the team approached the tree to join him. Tony hung the Enterprise first and heard the electronic click of Clint snapping a picture. Steve gestured to the cardboard box Tony had dropped off near the tree earlier. What's all that? Oh, just some old stuff that was lying around the tower, Tony said casually. Jarvis reminded me that we had some ornaments after all. Really? Steve said curiously, peering into the box. May I? Sure, that's what they're for. Tony hung a red and gold glass ball while Steve took out one of the bundles of yellowing tissue paper and began unwrapping it very carefully. It's beautiful, Steve said, almost reverently, holding up the blown glass star. Venetian glass. Only the best for my beautiful wife, made in the workshop of an Italian master. May I hang it? Steve asked. Like I said, that's what they're for. Tony shrugged. Okay, Steve said. I just thought they might be special. He hesitated, then began softly. Tony, did these belong to your... You have to hang Black Widow, Clint cried. Don't be such a spoil sport. Fine, Nat retorted playfully. But I'm hiding her like a good spy, where no one will find her. Tony turned away from Steve to jump in. Go on, Nat, don't be a tree snob. Steve was unwrapping more of the ornaments in the box and handing them out. He gave Bruce a wooden sleigh to hang. Tony paused. Don't be silly, Howard. The wooden ornaments match the glass ones nicely, and this way there is some for Tony to hang that he can't break and cut himself on. Tony took a sip of mulled wine and watched his teammates. Clint took a few more pictures. Steve unwrapped another wooden ornament, and Tony's chest felt a little tight. Here, Tony. Why don't you hang the rocking horse? My nonino carved it for me when I was a little girl. Steve turned the ornament over in his hands a few times, admiring the delicate carving. Up, up! I want to hang it higher! Howard rolled his eyes and gave an indulgent smile. 
All right, little man, here we go. He lifted his son up to reach higher in the tree. Hey, Cap, Tony said, voice a little hoarse. He cleared his throat and held out one of the glass balls. Trade you? Sure, Steve said softly, handing Tony the rocking horse. Tony hung it very carefully in the center of the tree. He cleared his throat. I'm going to get more mulled wine, he announced, and retreated to the kitchen. Tony rested his hands on the counter and took a deep breath. But Mom said I could only have two cookies. A large, scarred hand ruffled Tony's hair. But three's my lucky number, kiddo. Just don't tell Mom. Look, I'm having another one, too. Tony heard shuffling footsteps behind him. Tony? Steve said, voice soft and tentative. You okay? Yeah, just needed a refill. Tony turned with a smile. Hey, let's go finish decorating that tree. Now one of Nat and Tony in front of the tree. Now Bruce and Tony, step a little to the left. Now Tony and Steve, smile. Okay, now everybody, huddle in. No, leave a spot for me there. I'll set the timer. Tony shook his head. Never figured you for such an avid photographer, Clint. Clint shrugged. I like shooting things. The team had sprawled around the living room to finish off the mulled wine and admire their newly decorated tree. We should make a shopping list for Christmas dinner, Steve said. How about Chinese food? Tony and Clint cried in unison. Goose, Steve finished awkwardly. He paused and said, sounding a little stricken and incredulous, Chinese food for Christmas dinner? Tony immediately backtracked. Uh, no, we don't have to. We can do something else. No, no, Steve said. Chinese food would be fine. Sorry, I was just surprised. No, really, we order Chinese food pretty often, Tony said. We can do something more traditional. You've already done so much, Steve said. I don't mean to impose. We can... Ah, Clint cut in. Gah, you two are ridiculous. What time do you get back from Magdalene House? Natasha asked Steve. Oh, he said with a little frown. That's a good point. I probably don't get back in time to cook a goose anyway. I could do the cooking, Bruce volunteered. But I'm also happy to order Chinese. Steve hesitated. No, no. We all love pork chop suey, so let's just... Wait, will they be open on Christmas? Yep, always are, Tony said. I always order from them on the 25th. We'll just quadruple my usual order. Steve nodded. The team seemed content, but Tony was uneasy. As Bruce and Natasha turned conversation to eggnog recipes, Tony turned to Cap. Steve, you sure that's okay? We can still do something more traditional. Oh, I don't know, Steve said with a shy smile. New traditions are good too. Park chop suey it is. When Tony resurfaced the next evening, all the lights were out and the quiet strands of Once in Royal David City on classical guitar floated through the living room. Steve was standing alone, illuminated only by the light of the Christmas tree. Shit! Christmas Eve! Were we supposed to be doing something? Steve? Tony called softly. Steve turned and smiled at him, but in the dim light, Tony couldn't tell if it looked happy or sad. Steve was wearing a white dress shirt with a dark suit and tie. Were we supposed to be doing something now? Tony asked uncertainly. Steve shook his head. No, not until tomorrow. Got all dressed up to gaze at the tree alone in the dark, did you? Tony asked with a raised eyebrow. Steve shook his head and let out a little chuckle. Don't be silly. It's not dark with a tree shining like that. Steve shrugged. I just wanted to spend a little while enjoying it before leaving for midnight mass. Oh, right, Tony said. Duh, mass. Tony shook himself a little. He'd been on the verge of asking Steve to watch an episode of Star Trek. Tony bit his lip.
Steve went to Mass alone all the time, but was it depressing on Christmas Eve? Should he maybe offer to go too? Tony grimaced. Ugh. It's a beautiful tree, Steve said. Thank you for getting it for us, Tony. Sure, no problem. He smiled a little and came to stand next to Steve. It is pretty, isn't it? The guitar switched to A Little Town of Bethlehem, and out the window the city lights looked like thousands upon thousands more little white Christmas lights. Tony hadn't been to Mass on Christmas Eve since his mother died. Are you excited about giving the kids all their presents tomorrow? Tony asked. Yeah, Steve said, smiling. You gonna wear the suit for them? Steve's face fell slightly. I, uh, no. Mother Superior suggested it, but, well, if I was gonna dress up, I wanted to be St. Nicholas, not... Steve cleared his throat, then continued. So I'm just going, you know, as myself. But I'll bring the shield for the kids to pass around so they aren't too disappointed. Oh, fuck. Tony was halfway to saying, No one could ever be disappointed by you, Steve Rogers. But the words got stuck in his throat, and then Steve gave it a little laugh and said, I think I might have gone a little overboard with the presents. Wait, Tony said with sudden concern. How are you going to get all those presents to Brooklyn? I'll take the subway, Steve said, and I borrowed a dolly for the presents. Mr. Thompson, he works in custodial for SI, was very helpful. Oh god, Steve, you're killing me! I have a fleet of awesome cars! Usually I'd send a driver, but obviously they all have the week off, so I'll drive you over myself. Parking's always a mess, and I doubt your destination has a valet. Oh, you don't need to. The thought of you on the subway with a custodial dolly is breaking my heart and making my cars sob. I like the subway, Steve said a little defiantly, Brooklyn accent surfacing. Of course you do. Tony said, unable to stop a smirking little smile from corking up. But you should still let me drive. We'll take the Lotus. There are a lot of presents, Tony. The Lotus is the little fast one, right? I don't think they'll fit in that. All my cars are fast, and don't underestimate my cars or my packing abilities. Okay, Tony, Steve said, obviously humoring him. Though I really think it's going to be too small. Well, I'll just show you tomorrow. All right, Steve said, clearly still amused, and clearly still humoring him. All right, then, Tony echoed with attitude. The guitar turned to O Come All You Faithful, and they both fell quiet, looking at the tree together. After a moment, Steve checked his watch. Do you want some mulled wine? Tony asked. Steve shook his head. I'll be heading out soon. Right. Ask if he's okay going alone. No, ask if he'd like company. Tony couldn't quite keep the frown from his face. But I fucking hate church, and it'd be hypocritical. Steve was humming along softly to the music. How fucking selfish are you? At least offer to go with. The elevator doors opened. Steve, you ready? Tony turned to find Natasha, luminous in the light of the elevator, with a fur coat over her arm and wearing a beautiful burgundy dress with black velvet trim. Steve grabbed his coat from the back of the couch where it had laid unnoticed. Good night, Tony. I'll see you tomorrow morning. Yeah, good night. And, uh, Merry Christmas? Steve smiled. Merry Christmas. The elevator doors closed, leaving Tony alone with the tree. Fine, Steve, Tony said, taking a huge armful of brightly colored packages out of the back seat. So you were right about the Lotus. I'm big enough to admit it. Even with my godlike Tetris packing skills, there was no way. But we'll be fine in the Audi. Tony, I really don't want to be late. Why don't we just take that big one? Not that I own any less than awesome cars, but the Audi is even more awesome than the Rolls Royce. Okay, Steve said, expression very serious. But if they don't fit, we don't have time to repack the car again, so Iron Man will have to fly the presents to Magdalen House in a giant bag over his shoulder. Tony paused. And the rolls it is.
They must have made a funny sight, arms loaded with presents making repeat trips up the front steps of Magdalen House. Tony in his Burberry greatcoat and scarf. Stephen a sensible, not designer, navy pea coat, with a shield strapped to his back. No wonder the old man walking to the bus stop paused to stare at them for a moment. Is that everything? Tony asked, checking the rolls one more time. Yep, I think so, Steve said, shifting the last of the packages in his arms. Great. You call me when you're done here and I'll come get you. Tony, I'm taking the subway. His tone was mulish. From the corner of his eye, Tony could see the old man at the bus stop was holding up his phone. Damn. Okay, okay, subway it is, Tony said. Have fun with the kitties. I will, Steve assured him, but he sounded a little nervous. He glanced at the door and back to Tony. Okay, well, I'll see you later. Yep, later. Tony glanced aside again, and yeah, bus stop guy was definitely taking surreptitious photos. Steve turned away from the door, and Tony waved back with a grin. As soon as Steve was safely inside, though, Tony spun to approach the bus stop. The stranger was younger than Tony had initially supposed from a distance. His close-cropped hair all turned to silver, his dark skin wrinkled and creased, but he had a robust build, broad shoulders, and impeccable posture. His eyebrows shot up in surprise when he saw Tony approaching. The surprise annoyed Tony. Did you just take our picture? Tony asked. The man nodded, still taken aback, and Tony rushed on. Yeah, okay, how much do you want to delete it? Name your price. The man looked at him dubiously. Why would you want the photos deleted? Look, Tony said impatiently, gathering himself for a full-on rant. You sell this to the press, put them online, or whatever, then this place is going to be overrun. There'll be fans and paparazzi, you name it. And next thing you know, it'll be a circus out here, and those poor kids will get to enjoy their Christmas or their special visitor in peace. And it'll look like some Captain America visits orphans. PR bullshit. Not that he's here because Steve is a nice person who seriously just wanted to make some kids happy and spend time with them on Christmas. Something he can't do with the press howling at the gates. So how about it? Name your price. The stranger made a disgusted grimace. Is that your answer to everything? Throw money at it? You could have just asked. Said that if a word got out, I'd ruin Christmas for a bunch of kids. Tony faltered under the man's disapproving gaze. I, uh, I... Anyway, the man said, shoulders back and head held high. I took the picture for my grandson because I knew he'd be excited. I wasn't going to sell it or some nonsense. Oh, Tony swallowed. I'm sorry, I shouldn't have assumed. The old man humphed. No, no, you shouldn't have. He shook his head and added grudgingly, but I guess it is a little rude to take a stranger's picture without permission. He gave a little shrug and continued, and your heart was in the right place, wanting those kids to have a nice Christmas. The man gave Tony a speculative look, then asked, they didn't want to see Iron Man, you just the chauffeur. Oh, yeah, I'm not that good with kids, Tony rambled awkwardly, and this is kind of Steve's special place since his best friend grew up here. It was his idea, and he's the one who went out and selected all their presents and wrapped them himself. Well, I mean, I tried to help, but it turns out I really s or stink at wrapping presents and writing cards. So, uh, no. This, not really my thing. I just gave Steve a ride. The stranger nodded. Tony hovered. So, hey, uh, you waiting for the bus? The old man gave him an unimpressed look and said, that's usually what a man standing at a bus stop is doing, yes. Why don't you let me give you a ride, to make up for my stupid? The man hesitated. Come on, your grandson probably would get a kick out of you having the same chauffeur as Captain America. The man smiled, a reserved kind of smile, but warm nevertheless. You know, I believe you're right. Thank you, Mr. Stark. Tony. Henry. They shook hands. Hop in. My Rolls Royce is at your service.
Join us for the most magnificent sale of the year, featuring our stunning collection of jeweled collars at prices that can't be beat. Our exquisite handcrafted collars are available in gold, silver, and leather, adorned with your choice of precious or semi-precious gems, and a complimentary customized nameplate or tag. This holiday season, show your sub she's sublime with a collar from Kay's. Notes Since that's only part one and short, I'm hoping to follow swiftly with part two. Think of this as the appetizer, main dish to come, hopefully quickly. Wish me luck! Hope you liked it, and much more gratitude to everyone who has left me comments and love. If you're wondering, there's a little update about real life on her Tumblr page. Thank you so much for all your kindness. This is Anship. They're gonna get together. They're just circling. Slow burn is slow, but it's so, so worth it. So.